Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast, free shipping free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast, coming at you live from the home office Thursday afternoon on just a, just a wild week, uh, an enlightening week, crazy week. Uh, just 2020. I don't know what how else to put it. Uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll have to touch on the elephant in the room and probably the biggest story. Felt like in America, but definitely in sports, the last 24, 48 hours in Drew Brees. Give you some thoughts there. Uh, the NFL officially says training camps have to take place from their home facilities. That's going to affect a handful of teams. And just clearly training camps are going to be a lot different this year. No fans. Uh, a lot of teams, even that practice from their own facility, bring in bleachers, add people. That will no longer take place. I'll, I'll give some thoughts there. Wrote down a bunch of different topics that I saw, just little things that have happened this week. Uh, we'll hit on them just kind of uh, around the league. And then, of course, at John Middlecoff, Instagram, DMs wide open. Fire in there, answer a question. I will answer it on the show. We've been doing it forever. Those of you listening know that's how it goes. Also, if you could leave a review on the Apple uh, page where the show is, 3 and Out Podcast with me. I uh, appreciate everyone that has. Leave a review on the Apple homepage of the show. Let's get into Drew Brees and his comments about the anthem and how it was disrespectful for the military. My first overall take after, because when it happened, if you weren't kind of watching live of the tweet, I probably came in an hour late and it was, I was getting texts, will he have to retire? Is his career over? My, my number one overall takeaway with his statement was, come on, bro, read the room. Have a feel for the room. And we all know those people, and they can be really intelligent people, that for whatever reason are consistently bad at reading the room. And I don't feel Drew Brees is that way. We all can have that moment in a certain situation. Uh, but terrible job of reading the room, understanding the severity of this, whether it's I, I don't know. I, I, there's no excuse for him to not realize the way it would be interpreted, though he said this before. I saw Dan Patrick say on Thursday, he told me this exact, this was a stop process four years ago. Now nothing's changed. I think a big part of the pushback was how has nothing changed over the four years when it was clear it had nothing to do with the flag? We've talked about the flag and the anthem at nauseum for years. 
to me, for him, given everything that was going on racially in this country the last four or five days, him being the leader of a team that's predominantly black, he shouldn't have said it. He should have worded it a different way. Now, you can say he shouldn't think that way. I, I'm, I don't know the way, I don't know the guy. He thinks the way he thinks. And the way he said it seems like he views it as a disrespect of the flag. He came back. I, I couldn't even get through it all. Gives the apology. His teammates believe that he's sincere. Here's what I do know. Twitter for about six hours labeled Drew Brees a full-blown racist. I do, I don't know Drew Brees personally. I I would imagine 99.99% of people listening don't know him either. I would say most of us, it's a nonpartisan take, would if if you and I would have talked six months ago and we just would have done word association, when Drew Brees' name came up, we would have very positive things to say about Drew Brees. I've never met him. You never met him. We don't even know the guy. Never spent any time with him. It was pretty clear, like, his life resume had been pretty consistent. High-level, great guy that gets along with literally everyone, that helped resurrect, and does a lot for the community. I'm a big believer, and I say it over and over and over again. I judge people off actions, not words. I'm a big believer in that. Because I think it's never been easier to tweet something out, to, to, to get a headline, to tweet, whatever, Instagram a picture. It doesn't actually mean anything. I, I thought Jamie Foxx, I saw him the other day like, hey guys, hey celebrities, stop posting black boxes and come out and march. Do something. It's, it's, it's easy to sit from your house and just post something. It doesn't actually mean anything. Just like it's easy to, you know, to say whatever now. It's never been easier given all the platforms. It's very easy also to judge people off a headline. I do it all the time. I'm just as guilty as anybody. We all are. It's the way the media is set up now. Headlines, push it. Get reaction. It's actually, I was thinking about, like, it's great to be a Bleacher Report. You just aggregate shit, put it up on your Twitter account. You don't actually give an opinion. You just throw it out there, get a ton of interaction, and and profit from it. But I, I think Drew Brees' resume over a long period of time speaks for itself. And unlike Twitter... The great part about sports in a locker room is like, you know the players on the team? Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Cam Jordan, you name it. Any player on that team that has been with them last year, the previous years, for years, like a lot of guys on that core group has. What's the kid's name? Mike, uh, is it Mike Williams? The safety that missed Stephon Diggs. All those guys now have been, even the younger crew of the New Saints, right, have been with him for three or four years. Every day, the offensive guys, with them all the time. And you can judge, and we can react on Twitter. I, I believe it's stupid. He shouldn't have said it. I, my personal opinion on the anthem and kneeling, I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. You could moon the, the fans if you wanted to take a stand. It, I don't care. It's clear what, over the last three or four years, Kaepernick was, was kneeling for. He said it over and over. He was kneeling to to protest and bring awareness to police brutality. The guy that gave him the the idea for kneeling was a former Green Beret, Nate Boyer, who played, got a cup of coffee in the NFL center, or I mean, long snapper from Texas. Now, I'm also not ignorant enough and have a wider scope of people in my life than some in the media didn't know. And I've talked to, obviously I talk about football for a living, so when I meet new people, Usually what comes up, what do you do? I talk about football. I worked in the NFL. That comes up. and Not as much anymore, but definitely did two or three years ago. Turns a lot of people off. Me, I don't care. Drew Brees clearly kind of cares, but kind of doesn't because it doesn't really bother him because guys are still kneeling. But fans have told me over the years, just like I'm sure many people listening, then it does bother them. Even though we all know, and it's been talked about at nauseum, that's not the reason they're doing it. It has nothing to do with the troops. But you can't force people to think something different at this point when it comes to the kneeling for the anthem. But I, I digress. That's, that's a whole other issue. But with Drew Brees and these guys, and I got so many text messages, and I mean, from people in my life, I got a bunch of tweets. Do you think he's done? Do you think he'll have to retire? Will NBC have to cut his contract? Guys, have we not seen, and right now, the combination, I said it all week, or, you know, on the podcast on Monday and on my other podcast of Corona, everybody cooped up for three months, pissed off and edgy while the media cheered it on. Like, let's shelter in place for life. 
most people losing their minds. Mental health was a big deal until Corona, and then we were all told to suck it up. And then George Floyd and the, the, the racial injustice and all the conversations that are coming back up, as they should, because that's not okay, that the understanding of him and his team, like, was this going to end his career? And I think maybe a guy with less of a resume, I don't know, end his career, but someone that just hadn't proved for 15 to 16 years in the city of who he actually is through actions. Not not through a tweet or not through some recorded video. Again, I, I'm not calling people frauds because I, I clearly see a lot of people that are very passionate about it. But I think it's all fair to say that there are some people that there, there's a huge group think and sheep mentality sometimes on social media. There's a major difference between doing something on a social platform and actually do it in person. And Drew Brees, in front of a team that over his entire career has been predominantly African-American, has shown his true colors. So I was never, I never had the thought that he was going to have to retire or the locker room would turn on him. Now, will he have to personally interact and talk with some individuals on his team? Of course. That's what humans do. But part of the way we're at in Corona and everything going on right now in society, it's hard to have a conversation. I've tried to spend as little time as possible on social media this week because for as productive and the awareness that's being raised, I also think a lot of the conversations you see are not very productive. And it becomes so divisive and so partisan. Like being saying Drew Brees was a good guy was not a partisan statement 24 hours, 48 hours ago. And I think when the dust settles... And he gets back with his teammates. Michael Thomas already accepted his apology. I would imagine the majority of his teammates, once they get back around an individual, not socially distanced, not communicating through social media, but talking with them, again, I don't know the guy, just basing on it from afar, will have a positive outcome. Again, shouldn't have said it. Feel the room, Drew. I don't know why you couldn't. I mean, most of us feel like we could have, right? But he didn't, and it created this avalanche that fell down on Drew Brees. But I also think everything now becomes so political. And I'll never forget, because I was living in the Bay Area well before Kaepernick, the whole thing ever happened. I was here when he was good. I was here then when he started to struggle. Then I was here when the, knee, the kneeling happened. And sometimes in the media, and you, anyone that follows the media, and listen, I think middle, I, I see some of these, you're just conservative. I have never voted. I'm not proud of that. I don't vote. I don't even have a political party. I'm conservative with my money. Socially, you will not meet anyone more liberal than me. Like most people in my life that are my age, I think most younger people tend to be pretty socially liberal. I don't know where I fall on the spectrum. I guess maybe when it comes to Twitter, I'm conservative. In real life, I feel like I'm moderate at strongest. Uh, But that's irrelevant. Colin Kaepernick was asked, like, who are you going to vote for? This is right when he started kneeling. Because if you remember when he was kneeling... The election was going to have uh, about to happen, and everyone thought that he'd just be for Hillary Clinton. And he—I don't know—I I don't remember the exact whether he laughed or he, he wasn't in a you know a smiling mood. He basically just called both parties frauds. It's ten to how I believe. Neither party cares about anything. I've lived in California for—I'm 35 years old for 33 of those years. The last 10 years, California has had historic economic growth. Probably in the history of the world, no area has generated more money than this from Silicon Valley up to San Francisco over the last 10 years. We also created the greatest, more economic poverty and just poverty of anywhere in America over that period of time. We have a homeless problem where our politicians couldn't give a damn about. Lower income, homeless people, they don't care. And I think sometimes when this becomes a political party, like one side cares more than other. I got news. I don't think anyone really cares, which is a sad indictment on society. It's why I think it's just back to what I said. I judge people off actions and times of just every judging people off tweets and words. And it's like, I, 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 because Pete Carroll got so much praise. He spoke so highly about Colin Kaepernick. Pete, you're kind of a fraud. You had the chance to sign him and you didn't. And then you claimed he was a starting quarterback. You don't even believe that. And I I feel like you get a lot of that right now when actual people are trying to make a difference and trying to do things. And I've gained so much respect over the last week for peaceful protesters, people that are going out and actually walking down the street. 
They've also brought into the light how big a loser, losers the looters are. And I, I think this kind of is symbolic just how high the tensions are right now and speaks back to Drew Brees, like, come on, bro, for being a smart guy that went to Purdue, who's led this a joke franchise into prominence, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I, I don't think anyone would have argued before his talk with Yahoo that he wasn't a first ballot human, literally universal, black, white, purple, dogs, cats, everyone would have agreed. Drew Brees, checkmark, great human. And then you go through the cycle and then let the dust settle. Let humans actually get back to seeing other humans, not just tweeting because we're all stuck inside or Zoom meeting, actually sitting around them because it's pretty clear. Even Michael Thomas, who was adamant against him, they're like, okay, he's apologized. I like him. Why would Michael Thomas know? He spit every day around him for the last three years. I'd say Michael Thomas and Cam Jordan, they have a pretty good judge on Drew Brees' character. Like the thing that happened with Jake Fromm, he tweeted... It was hard for me to even. I, I feel like I'm out of. T- I feel like a grandpa. I'm like, what is tweeted? He he texts like, what is this? Turns out he had text in 2019. I, I can't even tell who he's texting with. That like only elite white people should buy guns. When it comes to Jake Fromm, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know anything about the guy. I I, I have nothing to say. I, I can't even begin to say one way or the other. Uh, I I know this like. If the Buffalo Bills cut him tomorrow, and they said they didn't, he addressed the team, apologized. Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator, black guy, said that, listen, he thought it was, uh, he thought he spoke from the heart. He thought that players, and I do agree with this, just like most humans, high-level humans, and that's what, if you're in the NFL, you're a high-level person in terms of dealing with other people because that's what you've been doing in a short you know, space your entire life. You know, whether high school, college, or the professional level, like you have a unique working experience, is that they believed whatever he said. Now, if you told me the Buffalo Bills had cut him for saying that, I, I would have no problem with it. But when I saw people, and it felt like, again, I try not to live in the bubble that can be social media. It can be difficult right now saying like Drew Brees' career was was done for a moronic comment, something that, you know, he just should have had more. Just, again, feel of the room. Just feel the freaking room. Uh, could have easily been avoided, uh, whether he thinks that way or not, that i, I just not going to bury the guy's career. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. 
They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's transition to something a little less controversial. And it's training camps. Well, it actually might be. Who knows with the the corona. Uh, But... As of recording this, the NFL allowed all the coaching staffs to return uh, to their facility. Now, the one facility that still can't is Santa Clara, where the 49ers are. For some reason, L.A., which has been 10x what we are up here, is open. We're not. Whatever. But the reality is, I, I saw Philly announce that coaches will not come back. I think the Bear, a lot of staffs will not even have their coaches back. And Kyle Shanahan even said, like, no big deal. We're able to get everything done. You're not allowed to have the player, so what does it matter? And I think that's fair. One thing that was pretty clear is that another rule that came out, I don't know if it was a rule, but a mandate from the league, yes, a rule, that every training camp will have to take place at the home facility. Now, there are countless teams, Cowboys, the Bears, the Raiders, uh, that do their training camp. I think the Texans. When I was in Philadelphia at other places, when I was in Philadelphia, we went to Lehigh, where C.J. McCollum, the shooting guard for the uh, Portland Trailblazers, played basketball. And it was cool. Like, I had never been, one, I'd just never been to Philly when I moved out there, probably during OTAs. But then training camp started up in the hills. You go to practice, and it's like if anyone's ever been to, uh, like, a PGA golf tournament, it's kind of like that. Just bleachers everywhere. Random people walking around, just kind of watching. It was like 25,000 people there. And then when Chip Kelly came, he moved it back to the facility. And when I started in the media here, the 49ers, Jim Harbaugh's practice, didn't have any, there were nobody allowed in there. The Raiders, it was much smaller than what we did when I was in Philly, but they had this their own little place in Napa, really awesome. But you were kind of limited on the amount of people that you could get in the facility. Probably like, Added a bunch of bleachers. I, I'm going to guess like 5,000 people were the max. And the 49ers the last couple years have done the same. I would imagine whoever your team is from their home facility, if that's where they do their training camp, has added bleachers for season ticket holders, for sponsors. It's a cool event. You get to go out and watch practice. Now, if you go every day, I remember when I worked for the team, it can get a little boring. It's cool for the coaches, but as the training camp goes on for the scouts, Like, there are, especially now with the rules, it probably was really sweet in, like, the mid-2000s when you were hitting and tackling. It was like watching NFL football. It's not really like that anymore. 
it's it's a lot different. It's not as physical and not as violent. And part of the cool part about practice is hitting when the pads come on, but they don't really hit as much. But that's a whole different conversation. The, there will be no, I would imagine, fans at these training camps. And it got me thinking. One thing, like if I told you if you're a sales guy, you get a lot more amped up and juiced up for a $30,000 commission than you would a $5,000 commission, right? Or a no commission, even if it's still your job and you have to make the sale, but you're not going to get a commission. But I told you also with this sale, you'll get $25,000. You're just going to have more juice. If I did a, if I did a podcast and 500 people listened, you know, when I first start doing it, I'd be like, wow, really cool. 500 people are listening. Then you're like, okay, 500 people. How do we get more people? Then I do a podcast like this one. Let's say hundreds of thousands of people are listening. I think we just broke the record last month, uh, but not to brag or anything. You get a little more juice up. Like I, I take this one pretty seriously because I know a lot of people listen. It's part of the juice. A lot of people are listening. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm on Colin's feet. Colin promotes the show. It's a big deal for me. Now, hopefully one day I'll be on shows, and as this thing grows, it'll only get bigger. But you get more juice the more you know eyeballs are on you. It's no different as a football player. Like, you still give juice at a practice because the coach is yelling at you. But when you got 10,000 people watching you, you get a little more amped up. It's like the games. I'm fascinated. You know, part of the game, if you're a player, what Ray Lewis once famously say, like, you pay me Monday through Saturday. Sundays are for free. I played for Sun- I would play for Sunday for free. Like, playing football, the actual game, is the fun part. The hard part about football, the entire sport, is everything not the game. The scouting element, the training element, the practice element, the evaluation element, the game plan element. Like, that is intense. That's why Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are intense for players and coaches. The, the getting your body back up. One thing, though, that training camp, again, a lot easier than it used to be. When I first got to the league, my first year was before CBA, and Coach Reed ran a pretty intense training camp. It was dramatically different the next year. And when I got to Harbaugh, and I've seen the difference of like what Kyle and does now, it's just a lot different. It, it's just not as physical. Now, it doesn't mean it's not difficult. You're moving a lot. You're running a lot. Football in the NFL is hard, but it's not as physically taxing in terms of tackling. You're not tackling anyone to the ground in training camp. But, like anything, a week in, two weeks in, you get a little tired. You know, it's, there's a reason sometimes Monday or Friday, you got a little more energy at your job than maybe on a Wednesday. What's the nickname for Wednesday? Hump day. Because you kind of got to get over the hump. Well, one thing that's great about pro sports, unlike most of our jobs, even what, regardless how many people I have listening to this podcast, it's not like I'm doing it in front of a live audience. It's not like every you know, minute I'm talking, I, I see a ticker, how many people are, I, I'm recording this, and then I send it out. So I actually don't feel the live, the, right? When you're at a training camp, and I've been going to them consistently now for over a decade, you do feel the juice in a team period, ones-on-ones, or you know, if your team's doing a joint practice, and there are 5,000 people watching, because those people, it's pretty serious. I mean, they're taking it like a game. You know, the Niners have practiced against the Broncos forever. When you're watching Vaughn Miller go against Joe Staley or, you know, whoever, you know, premium players go at Nick Bosa going against their left tackle, who's not any good. And uh, you know what I'm talking about. It, it adds an element. And I'm just fascinated. It's going to be a little more difficult. Now, the one thing they're going to have going for them is they haven't been together. These guys haven't been spending time around each other. So they're going to be excited and amped to be playing football. But like anything, that dies, right? Whenever corona ends and you go back to doing your job and kids can go back to school, people are going to be really excited at first, right? You get, to, you get to just get out of like your home. You get to go back to some several, uh, level of normalcy. And then like anything, your job becomes a job. Or school homework is due. Or football, like, oh, seventh practice in a row, right? It's just, and I wonder if it's going to hurt the initial product and the initial training camp on top of they're just going to have to be because all these guys are going to be trained at different levels, right? And I think pro sports can be a lot different in college. A lot of these guys have access to stuff and they have the financial wherewithal to buy the proper food. It's not like they have to eat Taco Bell every day. Like they're able to get the elite nutrition. They're on top of it. But it is a lot different training by yourself. You know, even if you have a trainer or a couple teammates, then your entire defense, right? Because normally during OTAs, you train in groups. 
whether it's the DBs and the linebackers together, and then you run together, and then practice starts, and you lift together. It's like you're, you're able to push each other based your teammates right there, all of your teammates. Actually, more because you have these 90-man rosters. It adds some juice. And then you factor in when the practice comes, fans are out there. I don't know. This is going to be, if fans are not allowed in the games, on top of training camp, it's, uh, I, I just wonder the, now, the, the games, once you get hit, like, you're going to be alive, right? It's like if you're getting in a fight. Even if you don't really want to fight the guy, even if you're roughhousing with your brother, and you're like, I'm not taking it that seriously, the moment you get, like, an elbow to the nose, and you look down, and you start bleeding, you get pissed off. Let alone a normal fight when you get hit. Well, football is no different. You get blocked, thrown to the ground, you'll, you'll wake up fast. I, I don't care if there are 70,000 people there or zero. But camp, when you're going up against each other, it's going to be a lot of pressure on the coaches, man, to get these guys going. Okay, let's uh, dive into a couple stories around the league before we get into the uh, into the Middlecoff mailbag. Also, just you just want to have this out there. I'm doing this uh, show. My AC broke last week. Big heat wave uh, coming in Northern California. But then it died for the weekend. But when a big heat wave hits, I'm sure many of you know this, the, for the first time of the year, the AC companies get overwhelmed. So immediately I start calling AC companies, and everyone's like, earliest we can get out there is June 20th. Early we can get out there is June 18th. I start checking weather.com. like, guys, it's going to get hot again next week, i.e. right now. And I just, I called about 10 people. I finally found one that came a couple days ago. Problem, though. AC motor broke. Anyone that's had to deal with AC stuff knows that bill immediately comes. Okay, you need a new motor. Well, the motor was older in your AC unit, so I got to get $1,300, and they got to order it, and they can't come back till next Monday. It's like, oh, my God. So just just know you got to mentally... Tough podcaster. It's, let me check my nest, 85 degrees inside. I got all the blinds shut, windows closed, it's dark in here. And it's still not really working because when it's 102 outside, nothing you can do. But one thing the Carolina Panthers can do is hire their, you know, their face of their franchise with Cam Newton for the last decade. One of the best players in the league over that period of time. High character, just a great human being. I remember when I, my, uh, might have been the year we took Fletcher Cox and Luke Keekley was coming out. What a, it was an incredible draft. Is that I remember Coach Reed, by the time the draft was getting close, you know, he thought he was going to be a Hall of Famer. This was when he was coming out. And after he went to the combine and ran a 4 4, uh, he immediately became a dominant player from day one. And when he was healthy, he was dominant. But I had a buddy tell me last year, uh, a pro scout, like, God, you know, and I, I didn't know one person who didn't love Keekley. It's like, he doesn't really look the same. Clearly his body was breaking down and retires. It looks like they're going to hire him as a scout. I think anytime you can get really, really high-level people and keep them as a part of your organization, especially a franchise like that that actually hasn't been around that long, you utilize humans like that because he, he'll be a... Uh, He'll benefit your organization. You want guys, clearly, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the Amazon Prime special on the Panthers. It was really good. Uh, Keekly, just how high level of a guy. I mean, he studied film like a quarterback. Dude was just a savant. So if you're going to be that big of a study guy, it'd be hard. I mean, if Keekly really wanted to, I don't see how he wouldn't become a general manager. If you study film that much and can break down players and tendencies... He probably could make an elite scout. One thing that's been floating out there, the NFL and the players, when it comes to money, are partners. They split revenue. And that's the way the salary cap is determined. Well, depending on if fans are allowed this year or not, the revenue could change. So the first time the salary cap could diminish. Now, all these teams have made huge cash. I do think next year... In light of this just outlier pandemic, hopefully, knock on wood, we don't get another one for the foreseeable future, is that you could just keep, at worst case, we're talking about diminishing the salary cap, $50, $70 million. Come on, guys. This business has been generating just stupid cash. If you can't just keep the salary cap, you don't have to move it up, but you don't necessarily have to move it back. Just keep it as is for a year because you'll easily make that money back when you're allowed to have the fans back in, especially with gambling and everything changing. So 
I, I think there's a little overreaction on having to take the salary cap down $50 million. I, I got a hot take right here. That will not happen, even if the fans aren't allowed in. I, I think they will figure out a way to just keep it neutral, float some loans, do something. The, the NFL, they ain't going to have a $130 million salary cap in 2021. I don't care who's allowed in the stadium. Bruce Arian said that their base personnel will be 12th meaning they will have one running back and two tight ends. Now, obviously, they have three. I mean, they got two legit tight ends in Gronkowski, and I guess Cameron Bright was really good, had a down year. O.J. Howard is somewhat underachieved, but they got three tight ends. I mean, Gronk's an all-time great. Is he still good? I don't know. Uh, then they got a plethora of wide receivers, two star ones. Ev- Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer. Godwin is just a budding star. And I actually think that their running back, who maybe I'm holding on too much hope to when he was in college, but I think Rojo is meant to be in a one-back situation, and I think will be really, really good. So their offense, which Tom Brady is really, really comfortable with and had some of his most success when he had two tight end situations. Now, for the last decade, they have been much more dependent on tight ends and slot receivers than they have on the star outside guys. Now, great players play with anybody. So if he's going to play with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin at a more higher level than a slot guy, now both those guys, especially Godwin, can line up inside, they'll be fine. But they are not your traditional Welker-Edelman-type player, right? I mean, I would much rather have Godwin and Mike Evans stretching the field. And when I say, I don't even mean, like, go routes. I just mean 10 to 20 yards. Like, you know, the Edelman and Welker felt like did most of their damage in, like, the 5 to 7-yard you know, range. And then if they break a tackle, they'll get 15 yards. That's why they'd have like the 10 catches for 99 yard type games. Look at Mike Evans. He'll have like a six catch, 230 yard game, right? That, that's a little extreme. Say six catch, 140. Tennessee, Arthur Smith. And now I get it. We're, we're low for content that uh, said the offensive coordinator, actually son of the CEO of FedEx, said that Derrick Henry's usage will depend on how the game goes. Now, I met Arthur Smith at the Combine. I am not trying to rip him, but no shit. And I I don't blame him for saying this, but some of these questions that get asked in these media availabilities, like, how will you use Derrick Henry next year? I don't know. He'll be a huge part of the game plan. He's good. If we're down 14 points, we'll have to throw. If we're up, we'll bleed the clock with him. If he's humming, we'll keep handing him the ball and have him rush for 200 yards like we did last year. I don't know. It's June 1st in a pandemic. How are we going to use him? He's a great player. We're going to use him like we've always used him. Give him the rock. But in situations where we're down, we can't use him, right? It's just, it's pretty basic. Like, how do you use a, how do you use a great running back? Well, the game plan, usually, he's a big part of it. Then if you get the lead, you keep giving him the ball. Or if he's getting loose and your offensive line's dominating, you keep feeding him the rock. If for whatever reason, you're down, he can't be used as much. <laughs> it's just... How has anyone ever used a great running back? Like, <laughs> the, the, the actual, you know, way to use running backs will never change. Now, obviously, some guys catch the ball more. His, his job is much more between the tackles. But it's pretty clear. We will run him, gain the lead, milk the clock, play defense. That's how we're built. But if we're down, we'll have to throw the, we'll have to throw the football. <laughs> it's not that complicated. Again, not ripping Arthur Smith. Like the guy, probably a dumb question. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. 
They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool or after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Okay, let's, uh, let's get into the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. And DM's wide open. Just fire in there. Also, just to reiterate, if you like the show, and if you're listening at this point still, I think you do, go to the, uh, go to the Apple podcast and leave a review. Got a question. What's the deal with Josh Rosen? Is he just plain bad, question? Or does he keep getting bad luck with coaches, preferred quarterbacks getting drafted over him? Do you see him as a perennial backup or get a chance with another team? That's a great question. And at this point, I really don't have the information. Or I, I, I mean, I have the information. I don't have the answer. I liked him a lot coming out. Now, given the knowledge I have over the last two years and how dramatically the game's changed in terms of it's really hard nowadays for younger quarterbacks to be like Tom Brady or Phillip Rivers. You have to be able to move. He can't move. He's not mobile. He has a good arm, though. Uh, but I, I think it's really difficult to be that stagnant within the pocket. You know, if this was the mid-90s or mid-2000s, I'd say, yeah, he's going to resurrect. At this point in time, I don't know. Now, he played the little bit he played. As anyone, my buddies in the league would be like, it's impossible to judge him. And I don't think that many people were watching the Cardinals two years ago. I mean, they had the number one pick, so they were god-awful. But his offensive line that year was, I mean, was the worst in the league. So you can't even judge him off that. Now, last year, 
Tr- Miami trades a second-round pick for him. He couldn't beat out Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick is just going to be a better player, more than likely, right now. But there's a potential that maybe... that We'll have to see what the Dolphins... Are they going to keep him? Do they cut him? Because I'd say if they cut him, there's a chance he's not good. If they trade him, maybe they think he's not good, but they're still value. If they keep him, maybe they kind of like him. And maybe he'll be the backup after Ryan Fitzpatrick. Why do you think everyone is so high on the Eagles? Outside of a good but injury-prone quarterback and defensive line, none of their position groups would really scare me as an opposing team. I get that the front office is great, but if the team doesn't pull its weight, it won't matter. They have a lot of older injury-prone players not make it through the season again. What do you think? It's a good question. Well, they got a good offensive line. Now, replacing Jason Peters with their first-round pick last year, Dillard, is a huge question mark. Like, I mean, the guy was a first-round pick, but you got to play. Their tight end group is good. I mean, Ertz and Goddard, that's, those two guys are good. So you got a good quarterback, you got good tight ends. I think Miles Sanders is going to be a good running back. Uh, in theory, you're right, Alshon and Deshaun get hurt a lot. You draft a first-round you know, receiver. They need J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to do something. Defensively, their defensive line is good. Uh, and it should, they, they signed the guy from Pittsburgh, Barnett, Fletcher, like their group's good. Linebackers, major question mark. Uh, DBs, adding Slay will obviously help. Uh, but you're right. I mean, they, they got, one thing they got going for them is they got good coaches. I mean, Doug is an elite play caller. He, he's really good. I mean, what he did last year with nothing. I mean, he went into a gunfight with a dull knife and somehow survived. So, and Jim Schwartz has proven to be a good defensive coordinator. A little aggressive. Sup, John? Big fan of the pod. What are your thoughts on the Cowboys revoking the franchise tag from Dak? From my understanding, Dallas could do that allowing Dak to become a free agent. Then the Cowboys could pick up Cam on a one-year prove-it deal and save Dallas some money to build up the defense. But who are you building up the defense? Like, who are you signing right now? No, No one's out there. Also, if Cam is a train wreck, they have Dalton as a backup. They can get Dak and go try to get $45 million elsewhere, which will never happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I wouldn't be totally opposed to that. I don't know who they would end up bidding against. I don't think that's an option. Uh, I, I think they will just either have him play on the franchise tag or that they will, you know, sign him to a deal. I'm with you. I'm not paying him $40 million a year, especially now with the unknown of the cap. Listen, I don't think the cap's going to go down, but I'm not a math major here. And enough smart people saying it might, though I do think the league would get involved and do something. How would you shave $50 million off everyone's cap? That's It'd be a problem with the union. It would be a disaster. I think these teams have enough money just in the teams. Like These owners don't need to go into their personal wealth that they'd be able to function. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm naive. I, maybe I need to text around on that because i I, I got to dig a little deeper. I, I honestly haven't really asked about that because I just... Maybe I've underestimated. I don't know. Okay, a question for the Middlecoff mailbag. I just wanted to ask what you think the NFL will do in relation to Colin Kaepernick after the protest, protests, which are exactly what he tried to peacefully protest years ago. Do you think he will get a job or he will stay on the outside looking in? Uh, well, I do think that they came to a financial agreement. I mean, I, I know they did. We all do. It was public record. Was it two years ago and they paid him what five million dollars? Uh, I think his like I he got blackballed after that happened because the kneeling had adverse effects on the ratings. Whether we like it or not, it did. Uh, again, I'm not offended by the protesting. I don't care. People did ratings went down. That cost them money and pissed them off. They blackballed them. Then Kaepernick, you know, fought the league in trial, won some cash. I, I thought he would have won a lot more because he legitimately got blackballed, but somehow only got five. I think it was less than $10 million. Even after the craziness of everything that's happened in 2020, really not to, I mean, it's happened in the last, you know, two weeks since George Floyd, though I think we'd all agree that racial injustices and things he was fighting for has been going on well before Kaepernick and well after Kaepernick. We just pick and choose when we talk about it, which is sad. Uh, I don't think he's coming back to the league. You know, at this point, I think the ship has sailed, and I, I just, I, I think literally he got, like, signed a deal that he can't come back. Not that any team would sign him. Like, what team would sign Kaepernick right now? Even just to, like, hey, to try to quell everything. Uh, is quell even a word? You, you know what I mean. Just to kind of, you know, quiet everything. I, I, I just, I, I don't see that happening. I, I don't know anything. Uh, that would just be my gut. 
I found it about a uh, love the show. I found it about a year ago, and it's become the podcast that I look forward to. Appreciate it. I live in Canada, but I'm a huge NFL fan. My question is to you: With you being a former scout, how do NFL teams management view the CFL? It seems to me that a lot of fans don't give the respect it deserves. There's been a lot of quality NFL players that either started or received their career in Canada, or revived their career in Canada. Every year, the Grey Cup champions get their rosters decimated from NFL teams signing uh, their best players. Example, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers lost their two best corners to the NFL teams, Winston Rose to the Bengals and Marcus Sales to the Vikings, and that's just two examples. Sure, they're most likely going to be depth players that don't get that much playing time, but the CFL consistently pumps out quality NFL players year after year. Agree. I just feel if more people in the States gave it a chance, they would love it. Also, from a personal level, what do you think of it? When I worked for the Eagles, uh, I was a pro scout, and my second year, I got sent to Whistler, Canada to scout a defensive lineman. And he was actually a really good player, and we brought him in for a visit, and we wanted to sign him. He ended up elected to stay in Canada. Would have fit our scheme perfectly. I know a lot of teams, like you said, take the Canadian League, the CFL, very seriously. You break down all the top prospects if you're an in-house guy. You fly your scouts to go watch. I, I literally flew across the country from Philly to Whistler. God, Vancouver is badass, too. The, it was the Vancouver, the BC Lions is what they're called. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the NFL and the pro scouts in the league and the front offices take the Canadian Football League very, very seriously. You know, they have players, whether you're a starter or not, if, if I can get a 53-man roster guy on my team that has upside to become a starter, I we're taking those guys seriously if you work in a scouting department. Now, me personally, doesn't do that much for me. Uh, I didn't mind scouting the league in terms of scouting the best players in the league, right? You're not scouting just the randoms. You only scout the guys that really have NFL potential. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I had no problem. I got a cool trip out of it. Uh, we were always on the right guys. I think most of the good scouting departments are always on the right Canadian guys because you can find starters, and you can find guys that dress on game day. Like that's, that's hard to do. I'm a football fan who doesn't play fo- who didn't play football, so I understand it at a pretty basic level. I'm wondering if you could talk about offensive linemen and what major challenges they face changing positions along the line. When guys get drafted, you hear analysts say he's a right tackle, but maybe with work he could play left tackle or vice versa. What makes each position at O-line so unique? Well, the tackles for the most part are on an island, right? At tackle you are blocking an end who is usually lined up on the outside of you, kind of getting a running start. And as we've seen over the last, really forever, but definitely of late, the best pass rushers are Von Miller, Khalil Mack, you know, JJ, TJ Watt. That can Obviously, JJ can line up both places. TJ. Uh, all these elite pass rushers, Clowney forever. Nick Bosa now. Uh, other Bosa. Ingram. You, they're all around the league, right? The, the sweet Shaquille Barrett now, Demarcus Lawrence. You're getting a guy who is faster than you. So you are on an island. You have to be both strong and an elite athlete. It's why every team is looking for quote-unquote dancing bears. Guys with, you know, tight end, wide receiver level feet. But the strength of a center or guard. It's, it's why they're such a highly paid guy. I think that term is kind of, I don't know what the right white word would be to describe it. At this point, ignorant, uh, maybe just wrong, right tackle only. I, I think Howard Mudd, who was the famous offensive line coach who coached with Peyton Manning, who was with us in Philly, I remember telling me and another buddy, like, what the what the hell is the difference between a right and a left tackle? He's like in Indianapolis. We got Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. So your right tackle is not as good of it, it. It's basically saying the right tackle doesn't have to be as good of an athlete as the left tackle, because your left tackle protects, in, you know, if your quarterback's right-handed, his blind side, so he can't see the guy. Well, if I'm Peyton Manning, and I drop back, or Eli Manning, or Phillip Rivers, or Mahomes, or any right, Russell Wilson, I can see the right tackle, the guy who he's blocking. In theory, my eyes are supposed to be down the field, but I can, if I just move my eyes, I can see the guy coming. But as Howard Mudd said, well, if you got Dwight Freeney over there, or Khalil Mack, or Von Miller, if your right tackle is a bad athlete, you're in trouble. That's why, who's the best right tackle in the league? Lane Johnson. 
Mitchell Schwartz. Like you, you need good right tackles because they're blocking really good players. McGlinchey for the the Miners drafted a right tackle number nine overall. So and and he's just been okay. Like he's been solid. He hasn't been some star. He hasn't been Lane Johnson. It's why Lane Johnson will never move. He'll just stay at right tackle. He's blocking all the best players over there. Like Chase Young is going to line up both left and the right side. I think that term's kind of overused. And I also think why just hearing offensive linemen and coaches talk over the years, and I know my buddy Jeff Schwartz tweets about this a lot, it's very hard to change your foot, right? If you're a left tackle, your left foot's back. And if you're a right tackle, your right foot's back. Same thing as both guard spots. Some guys are just not comfortable doing the opposite. Just like some guys, if you're not a starter and you're going to be one of those swing guys, because you dress on game day for probably seven offensive linemen. Really, you're banking on, you know, no more than two guys getting injured. And your backup offensive lineman, your backup tackle, has to be able to play left and right tackle. Just like your backup guard has to be able to play both guard spots and center. Or, if you put the backup at a certain spot, one of your starting centers or guards can move around. So you do need players. And the majority of players, I think, are comfortable moving a little bit if push comes to shove. But ideally, you like to get guys that are just comfortable doing one thing. I'm just a right tackle. I'm a right guard. I'm a center. Ideally, if you're a center, I'd like you to be able to play guard and center. Like like anything in life, the more you can do. But a lot has to do with footwork. As a guard or a center, I don't need you as athletic as I do a tackle because you're in a much more confined space. Now, you're going up against better athletes than you ever have. Like... Every team now, like, there are multiple Mean Joe Greens in the league, right? Think how many sweet interior pass rushers there are. J.J. Watt, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Aaron freaking Donald. I mean, they're, they're coming everywhere, fast and furious. And, I mean, Akeem Hicks is just a dominant interior player. Like, you got to be really good now to play center and guard. I think that stuff gets overused a little bit. It's kind of lazy. Well, he can play right tackle. He can play right guard. I don't know, can he? Because I, I, I like, in, personally, to watch a guy on tape. I know I was like this as a scout, and I, I am this now as a, as a media member. If I'm going to feel comfortable saying, like, I think that guy's going to be a good NFL player, like Quentin Nelson. I didn't love taking him in the top ten. Now, I thought he was an elite player. He's even better than I thought. He's probably, he's worth it, right? He's a Hall of Fame level player. Took him in the top ten. He's a guard. But you watch Quentin Nelson played. You know, left guard, is he, is he, yeah, it would have been left guard because McGlinchey was a left tackle. Or was he right guard? Whatever Quentin Nelson is. And he just played that same position in the league, right? You, I like to watch that guy do that and then just put him right and just plug and play. That's where I feel the most comfortable. Now, the best coaches can project. It's difficult. And, and to me, that's where you're going to have some misses when you start playing. You know, this guy's a tackle, but I think he can play guard in the league. doesn't always work. Looking for an assist with your credit card? but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, 
Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. My two favorite teams are the Bears and the Jags. So I was wondering what your take is on how Foles will be this year in Chicago. I've been haunted by him the past few years with double doink game and last year's debacle in Jacksonville and was heartbroken when I found out the Bears traded for him. I personally don't think he's a great quarterback, but do you think he can perform consistently this year if he stays healthy? Well, I don't think he's a great player. I think we'd all agree there. I think he got really hot three years ago when he won the Super Bowl. And it was fun to watch. It was an, it's an all-time cool story, right? It's just one of those all-time sports stories. Miracle on ice. Uh, the New, New York Giants upsetting. Uh, the, you know, the Patriots in 07. The Marlins beating the... Or the Diamondbacks beating the Yankees. Foles beating the Patriots. Like, it's just... When you just think about, in my 35 years of life ones that just jump out. It's just up there. As a whole, his career is, he's a solid player. I think he's probably somewhere between 15 to 20 as a quarterback. If he's if he's with the right coaching staff and on a good team. Now, he had moments for the Eagles that year of like a little higher than that, obviously. I think the Bears are going, we had the worst or one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last year. Mitch was a bottom three quarterback. And we went eight and eight. If we just had like the 16th best quarterback, we would have won 10 or 11 games. We don't need Joe Montana. We just need Nick Foles, and we'll win 10 games. I, I think that's how they're looking at it. And then figure it out after the season, because that was really their only option. So I, I can't judge Nick Foles last year in Jacksonville. He broke his collarbone the first game of the year and didn't come back when, to like week 10? I mean, I or week 9? I, I, I think it's hard to like say much about Nick Foles' Jaguar stint. He made a lot of money. I mean, he, that's, but he cashed in, in fairness to him, like he, he earned the cash in with the Super Bowl run. And uh, I, I think he will be better on the Bears. 
I'm soaked in sweat right now. But don't worry, I, I did it for you guys. No AC, 85 degrees inside, podcasting. It's how we roll. Appreciate everyone listening. Tell your friends. Godspeed. Stay safe this weekend. And uh, I'll talk to you next week. Adios. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.